Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. So, um, right, so Chadwick Boseman. Hey, I hey, mean, hey. come on. Seriously. So young. So young. Seriously. And, and I guess we could always have had an idea that this is something that may happen or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that dude never said anything about anything, right? And so it definitely caught us all by surprise, didn't it? Yeah. I... The... Him knowing about it for, I guess, the past four years and doing Black Panther and the Avengers movies while he's going through surgery and chemo, I I can't even, I, yeah, that's mind boggling to me, the strength of that. That's the most amazing thing I've ever, I've ever heard in my, in my life. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's horrible at 43 years old, man. At 43, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. It is. And, you know, to leave, I, I, I'm not going to say there's anything good about it at all, but I guess at least he knew to be able to spend time with his family and, and who those who he wanted to spend time with. That's the only thing I can say, but I just, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah, that's my goodness. 20, 2020 sucks. God, what the fucking year, man. I'm, I mean, come on. I... Just sucks. It's taken all the good things. I'm really done with this year. Like seriously, it, to to think that there's what uh, four more months. Four more months. It's just like you've come to expect nothing good from this year at all. I can't. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, but when you reflect upon Chadwick Boseman's career it seems like we never saw anything from him that we could say yeah, that was crap <laughs> right, right 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 he was he chose carefully yes yes and uh i, I remember for me the first movie i saw him on was 42 that uh, jackie robinson movie mm-hmm. and i was like who is this guy <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like who is he right Mm-hmm. And then he did the James Brown movie, which I, I don't particularly think it was like a theatrical success for a movie that was a biopic. But at the same time, people loved James Brown. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, you know, I get that. But afterwards, he, he, everything was like, bam, everything he did was, was like a, like a hit yeah yeah i uh i don't know it's just i when i heard this morning my my husband told me i was like what what and i was thinking car crash or yeah 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 something yeah some kind of a, a terrible accident or something and then when i heard it was colon cancer i'm like yeah how yeah. he was so young <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I, I keep thinking, 
Ever since I heard about his passing, all I've been thinking is about that last performance on the Spike Lee movie for Netflix. Yeah. And for some reason, he played a guy that had long passed away, but yet yet was still vivid in in the memory of everyone who knew him. And they yeah. had this huge veneration kind of affection for him. And I remember you saying when we were doing our, our episode about the five bloods, you mentioned how you felt that it was very appropriate how Spike Lee uh, depicted his character always in an aura that was sort of like out of earthly kind of thing, right? Like, like there were always these lights, this glow yes. behind him whenever he was on camera. And, you know, I'm not going to say it all makes sense now, because, of course, that nobody is going to be that sinister to think, yeah, since you're going to be dead in a few months, let's do this like that. But it's just whatever that kind of coincidence that was, I think it helps with the visual of knowing today that he is no longer in this world and uh, um, he has, you know, acquired wings. You know what I mean? Forever young. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Forever young. Right. So rest in peace, uh, Chadwick Boseman. And on that note, let us start. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming. My name is Graham, and today with me, as usual, via Skype until fucking COVID is no longer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck COVID and fuck 2020, man. Yes, yes, sir. And And fuck cancer while we're at it. (laughs) But mega fuck cancer. That's this. (laughs) Here's Jojo, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Howdy do, everyone. Um, Today we are talking about Lovecraft Country, which is an absolutely sensational series that has premiered on HBO. For those of us who stream, HBO Max. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was a bit weird to talk about this show because, as you know, HBO has still maintained the course of a weekly different episode as opposed to throwing everything at us at once. So, as of yet, there's only been two episodes of Lovecraft Country. But we still wanted to talk about it. We still wanted to take a moment to discuss this very unusual little show. Um, Unusual in a sense that I'm going to go into detail in a few minutes. But I find there's something refreshing. There's something beautiful about this show. And if by now you have followed their career of Jordan Peele as a producer and director, as soon as you see the first image on this show, you will realize somehow, somewhere, 
Jordan Peele had something to do with it. Isn't that right, Jojo? Yes, yes, yes. I I am so happy that um, he exists. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he is making a completely different thing about how we viewed horror and what it signified as a subgenre of the art of of cinema. And as you said, we're all here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so let me uh, let me start by by asking you, Jojo, what 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 do you think of Lovecraft Lovecraft Country? I I'm enjoying it. This is very much my bag. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> very much the kind of thing that I I enjoy. So of course, as you said, we're only two episodes in, so I can't really comment on the series as a whole. I have not read the book. But I, I am enjoying what we're seeing. I'm enjoying the visuals. I'm enjoying the uh, excitement of not really knowing what's going to happen next. I'm loving the characters. It's just a, it's a fun show. It is. I, um, I have to say, when I started watching it, like I found myself angry in the first five minutes, mm-hmm. and so I really considered whether or not I should continue watching it. Mm-hmm. because certain elements of it that makes it a bit hard to swallow is the fact that the entire story happens in America of the 1950s between the South and uh, the Northwest. And so you are navigating the cruelty of segregation and racism and... Uh, on another, on a completely different panel of that same picture, you also get to see the vibrancy of a black community that is flourishing <laughs> up in the Northwest, uh, within mm-hmm. their, their limitations. But like that, that scene, uh, the, the block party scene, I was so enjoying that. you know i was like yes what a difference it makes just you know a change of of scenery and and so it was it was a bit hard for me in the beginning but then when i saw that scene i'm like okay i'm gonna put up with the rest of 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 the horrible stuff uh, as long as they continue to show me some of this Mm -hmm. Atticus comes from a family of very, very literate and savvy and learned black people. And that is something that is not often depicted. So when, when I see that, it, it reminds me of, of, you know, growing up in Haiti. So, <laughs> so I enjoy this family and I hope to see, to see more of that. But Jocelyn, you the expert at, are telling us what's going on with something. So why don't you explain to folks what Lovecraft Country is about? <laughs> this one's got a little bit harder than, than usual. Not that it's ever easy, but... <laughs> so it, this is considered a horror drama. It's on uh, HBO streaming. It's based on a novel from 2016. And... Lovecraft and Lovecraft Country comes from H.P. Lovecraft, who was an author 
in the late 19th, early 20th century. He wrote horror. He was not well known at the time. He died in complete poverty. But over the years, there's been a huge, almost glorification and, and a fan base on his his work. He was in some ways ahead of his time and in some ways definitely a product of his time. So this is a, a, a new book written by uh, an author by the name of Matt Ruff, who took different elements of the Jim Crow era, the the the, the sundown type yeah. counties, and inserted into all of that some of the Lovecraftian monsters and strange science fiction and uh, just the the horror that that he was. So it's a it's a kind of a, a fresh take on a very old genre. Of course, we have Jordan Peele. There's J.J. Abrams yeah. is involved in this as well. There's a great pedigree behind this. So it's it's about a, a black man who travels across the the 1950s United States. Of course, everything is segregated, and he is looking for his missing father. And uh, along the way, he learns of these these secrets that are are plaguing a town. That is a town that Lovecraft, the writer, the actual dude, <laughs> um, apparently based uh, a lot of his stories on. So it's kind of a mix of, of of truth and fantasy has come together to give us the story. Yeah, what about what about that? How how how? Yeah, only like Jojo as Jojo can do, you know. Because like I said, I can't explain any of that. <laughs> I cannot explain any any of that, you know. But um, I my plan for this for this particular episode was to uh, either have John John Allison, my friend, guest in the show, or or at least have interviewed him a bit because I know that he was very excited about these this particular show and he wrote to me about it you know it sounds like we're in the 1950s itself but he uh texted me about it and john is a very is a, is a fan of horror movies and the entire genre between superheroes and horror is his thing and so john is the only guy i know who posts whole reviews of horror films uh, on Facebook and stuff. And I'm like, look at this guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one else does that, right? But <laughs> I think he's, in fact, he has this tradition that in October, he has like a 30-day, one movie a day type of, uh, you know, scary movie that he watches and publishes comments about them and blah, blah, blah. So John is very into that. But, you know, given the fact that I personally was not one of those to embrace Get Out from the very beginning, I have to say mm -hmm. that, like, you know, I know that that's almost sacrilegious to say, but I did not embrace Get Out when it, mm -hmm. when it came out. And... Um, I obviously became a very unpopular dude by by doing and by saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to look at the the cast of these to figure out whether or not this was something 
I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember how we we were very praiseful of Jonathan Majors when we watched The Five Bloods, even though his yes. character was was sort of like a minor character in, in the whole thing. But yes. all of a sudden he became part of almost as if he was the sixth blood in a sense. And we we had a lot of good things to say about Jonathan Majors back then. Yes. And so I was like, okay, Jonathan Majors, I have good memories of him, so I'm going to watch this. And then continuing on, Anjanou Ellis, you know, Courtney B. Vance. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a go. Plus, you know, you're talking about J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele involved. Well, why not? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as you said, I am enjoying this. And I don't know right now if... If... It's a good thing that you have to work an entire week for the next episode. <laughs> what do you think, Judge? What do you think? That that's a good question. I don't know. I I I Jordan Peele definitely loves to put a a new spin on sort of the the the, the going back to the roots of horror and the classics of horror and uh the classic of of television you know he's he's involved in the the reboot of of the twilight uh twilight zone series yeah. so i think that he being so involved in this is probably a huge fan of having it split up every week and having everybody going what's going to happen yes. what's you what's know next? having the cliffhangers and that kind of thing and i need to know what's going to happen next so i i I can see that being part of the experience of this. Yeah, yeah. As 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 a binge watcher, as a self-professed binge watcher, I have to I I have to tell you that you and I've said this before, I purposefully let shows just have their natural course if they're going to be a weekly thing so that I can go ahead and binge watch the entire thing and, and not, not having to worry about that. For some reason yeah. with this show, though, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because I, I want to have an entire week to think about what I just saw and then to mm-hmm. anticipate what's coming. With HBO, I've done that from the beginning of time. And currently... With Perry Mason, that's what I that's what I'm doing, right? Because I know that Perry Mason was gonna be ten episodes. And I started watching. I watched I think the first three episodes, and then I got to a point where I'm like, this is too good for me to be this is too good in a way for me to to be watching it on a on a weekly basis. I'm just gonna wait for the entire thing to go through and then I'll pick up from episode four and finish the whole thing. But now, as as I was telling you, I don't know if that's a good thing or, or if that's a bad thing in this case. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the execution, right? There, there is a filter, and I don't know if it has something to do with the cameras or if it has to do with how perfectly the story is being told. But there is a filter there, and it's not a visual thing either. I don't. I don't even know if I'm making sense. Do you see what I'm saying, Juju? But there's a filter on there that make things seem beautiful yet horrifying at the same time. And 
as you were saying, you know, to take this HP Lovecraft blend of horror and match it up with how horrifying it is to live in a racist Jim Crow and also confront monsters of a different kind. What the hell kind of life that is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The blend of the the real and the fantasy, you know, the, the real horrors, the, the the true terrible things that that we do to each other as as people. And the fantastical is I felt like it should be a little more jarring than it was, but it's not. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And and it take it takes a different kind of vision, um, mm-hmm. I suppose, as a filmmaker, to get this done because it is, as I said, tasteful enough that you feel terrified, but you want to continue watching. There is, as I said, a filter, a light that comes through that makes it seem idyllic and beautiful, but also, you know. This is dangerous for anybody, depending on on the color of your skin. What did you think of the opening scene? The, you know, that transition between between war, like human war versus a sort of like an alien war, that allegory, that was, that to me was like a breathtaking kind of event. Yeah, it was... I think designed to, to, to galvanize you, to make you decide right then and there if you're going to be watching this series, to to let you know in a way what you're in for, and uh, to say, you know, if you're going to invest, here's what you're, here's the roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> here's a little taste of the roller coaster. So yeah, I, I, I think it was definitely designed to weed, weed, weed folks out. Yeah. And, and entice other folks in. So kind of a masterful play there. Yes, yes. It was it was lovely. Because as you said, the, the moment I saw that, I'm like, yeah, uh, I kind of see myself watching this every week now. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I don't know what it is, you know. <laughs> the fact that Jackie Robinson just fell off of some kind of, alien monster and decided <laughs> I got you kid I'm like yo he's, <laughs> he's gonna hit a home run and send that shit back to wherever it came from man this is dope <laughs> well that's that's as beautiful um, so fantastical elements and all and a series that we don't have enough information but two episodes to talk about Let's go ahead and delve into the cast. I've mm-hmm. already referred to one or two of them. So uh, let's do that. What do you think of the cast and who do you like and who are you surprised by so far? I I am always excited and I just love Michael Kenneth Williams. Yeah. Um, He's just, I, I really, I, I, he was in The Wire, of course, we all know that. And he's been in many, many things, but I just sort of fell in love with his acting and with him in Happen Leonard. 
Yes, I and remember you talked about this in one of our, <laughs> one of our, you know, long blowout watch this forever and ever kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so uh, I just, uh, uh, he's great, and he was, of course, in when they see us, and he is one of my favorite actors of all time. So, to have him in this is such a treat for me. It's it's like I, I'll I'll watch it just for him. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Of course, Courtney B. Vance. Exciting to see Courtney B. Vance. We talked about Jonathan Majors. The one that I am surprised by because for whatever reason I I wasn't familiar with her. I I don't know why. Is and I it's it Journey Smollett. Journey, is that how Journey you say her Smollett. Name? Yes. Yes. I. I had watched True Blood, but I, I don't I don't think I watched that season that she was on. I think I noped out of True Blood by that point. And so I and I never watched Grey's Anatomy. So I, I missed her I guess her, her evolution as an actress. Right. So she's a beautiful woman. And just I I'm enjoying her character and am enjoying the the beauty of her character and how fascinating she is. Yeah, she's she's one of the most. Uh, she has one of the most complicated characters, but but also lovable there too. Yes, yes. Because she is one of those imperfect to family yet perfect to the world kind of individuals. We 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 see that a lot. We we see people that the the entire world come to admire and write songs about and write books about because of the of their bravery and their contribution to causes around the world yet you would ask any family member who is such such person and they tell you oh this, this person is an absolute fucking twat isn't he <laughs> right 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 exactly exactly and and i think you and i one of the things that we share is that love for imperfect and flawed characters. We always seem to gravitate towards towards these individuals because it it, it just shows you that you know people are not one dimensional people in real mm-hmm. life, and when actors portray those characters with all of the all of the essence that they have. It's a beautiful thing to see, and I think you are absolutely right about Journey Smollett. Uh, the Smollett actually are like a bunch. They're like the Wayans <laughs> of family. <laughs> They're just like the beige version of the Wayans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, you know, I... Uh, I remember, like, I, I didn't know there were that many of them. Uh, I think mm-hmm. mom is an actress, dad is some kind of actor, producer, whatever. And then there's a bunch of brothers and sisters. But Juicy, Jussie, is it the dude that was on Empire? Yes. Yeah, Empire. And then had all of this shit going on with the racist attack that wasn't a racist attack that wasn't an attack at all and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I didn't know much of Journey because, as you said, I never, I, I didn't watch True Blood. I'm not a fan of those weird werewolves, vampire shit. I don't know what Twilight is all about. 
<laughs> Not your thing. Don't buy stuff. So I was never a fan of True Blood, so I, I don't know her either. But as you said, I'm also enjoying the fact that she called herself Lady Fucking Lewis is a, <laughs> is a beautiful thing to me. <laughs> and I'm here for it. But yeah, there's a few people there that... As I said, there is one actress that from the moment her face was shown on the screen, I've been fascinated by her and I was praying that we get to see her on more episodes. And in the sneak peeks, I was able to see that she's going to be around for a few more episodes. Her name is Wonmi Mosaku. I was wondering if that was going to be who you who you uh, were speaking of. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Like, I mean, she is beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm like entirely fascinated by her. And some of her, uh, physically at least, reminds me of the actress who played Tasty on... Uh, Orange is the New Black. Okay. And uh, yeah, she is in in a class in, in, in the league of herself. She plays a character that is artsy, but that belongs to the street, that doesn't take herself too seriously, but is absolutely committed to her thing. And But she has that sass that is like, Yo, I would let her slap me every day, just once. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So I don't know much about this actress, Wonmi Mosaku. So allow me to indulge in. She is Nigerian-born British actress and singer. And she was on a BBC2 miniseries called Moses Jones and uh, also she played uh, Holly Lawson in the ITV series Vera and I, I watched Vera you know like I, I just last yeah at the beginning of this year the end of last year beginning of this year I actually binge watched at least eight seasons of Vera <laughs> <laughs> so um but again, I don't, I don't remember her. She was also on the fifth season of Luther with Idris Elba. So she's been around, man. Mm-hmm. She's been around. But I'm going to enjoy watching her in in this series. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anjanu Ellis is one of my favorite people too, right? No matter how minimal of her character she plays, you always want more of her. I don't know if that, if if you if you find that in her, but I've I've seen her in several series and when she speaks, I want the scene to be longer. The, you know, that's the kind of effect she has on me. This girl Abby Lee who plays Christina Braithwaite. There's something scary about this girl, man. She's nailing this character because even when she smiles, I'm scared. <laughs> yes, she has a sort of otherworldly, I don't know, sort of something about the teeth and the eyes together is is 
is she's she's good for horror. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, no disrespect to her. I'm, I'm, I'm sure in real life she's she's a lovely person. But yeah, no. If I met her in a dark alley, I'd scream. Like, <laughs> please don't eat me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just just don't 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 eat me. Uh, but yeah, there's just it's just the combination of 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 that is I don't know. She she looks like she could be a vampire or, or a werewolf or a all of those other strange things that you are not a fan of. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, there are some people that, and I think we've talked about this before, but <laughs> some people are way too good at playing a racist <laughs> racist person. And this guy, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jamie Harris, the dude that played Eustace Hunt, the county sheriff mm-hmm. dude no no you're way too good at this <laughs> oh my god i mean come on even with half of his body gone this dude was still being an asshole <laughs> i always and i i i i love an actor who can make you hate them yes I love that because to me that's that's just hopefully brilliant acting and not just them being themselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but either way, I love to see that on screen. I love I love to see somebody that is so good at being terrible, but not to the point of making it cartoonish yes. or unbelievable. But with that that vein of truth and that vein of evil and wickedness and and just badness that just makes you immediately want to start smashing their face in. Um, I, I love it when an actor can bring that to screen because it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I feel like that's a, a hallmark of a good actor again, as long as they're acting, yeah, as, yeah. <laughs> not just playing themselves. As you say, hopefully they're just acting. Ho- hopefully. <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, man, I was like, who is this dude? Like, seriously, <laughs> let me see. Uh, the dude, uh, Samuel Samuel Braithwaite, the 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 leader of the son, sons of Adam, too. He is scary, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, obviously, you know, makeup and technique has a lot to do with it, man. But th- th- this guy is not some dude that I want to mess with. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and there was one dude that I wanted to slap. Every time I saw him, because for some reason you never saw him coming, and all he did was, <clears throat> and then boom, start talking. William, the dude that is kind of like the butler, but somehow he said he's not the butler. <laughs> mm, yes, 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 yes. Every time this guy appeared on the scene, they don't show you where he come, where he came from. He was just there, you know. And I know some people at work like that. They just, you don't know, they're there and then suddenly poof, they're Boom. next to you. They're, like, they're next to you. Like, Yo, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're concentrated, you're concentrated in your work and shit. And then, you know how like your body always, you know, one, you're like, somebody's watching, dude. Go ahead. Look yes. around, somebody watching. And then you boom like, yes. Yo, what are you doing, man? What do you want? <laughs> you know, that, that was this dude. <laughs> Can I help you? <laughs> yes. 
you lose something? <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think is going to be? What What do you foresee this show is going to be for? For the viewers, is is it in your view already a smash, or do you still think, based on what you've seen, is there a potential for this to go south? Um. I mean, the potential to go to go south is always there, I think, but hopefully not. We've got some, you know, some great creators, some great creative minds behind this. I haven't read the book, so hopefully, you know, if the book has a poor ending, hopefully they they work something out with that. But uh, but I I think it's I think it's just going to get better. I hope they don't go. I hope they keep the balance of the fantastical and the real life horror and uh i i i don't see it going south but again the potential is always there but i i think it's going to be a, a big hit for hbo so do you think those you know a couple of dozens of emmy nominations kind of shit you know yeah right there yeah you know because because hbo of course is in search is still in search of a of a big hit and i know that for them this year in terms of Emmy nominations, is uh, what's that that uh, series with Regina King that I've 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 still yet to watch? Um, what's the series? Watchmen. Watchmen, right? Watchmen, yeah. So that is to uh, for HBO right now. This is this is the big show, right? But mm-hmm. HBO silently has put out some very good shows in the past year that are making all kinds of social statement that I feel are not being talked about a lot. And it may well be because HBO, you know, every, everything that goes up may, uh, must go down. True. And after Game of Thrones, I feel like a lot of people that have H- had HBO subscription just decided... Yeah, I'm done with the thrones, so I don't. I no longer want an HBO subscription. I'm gonna stick to Netflix and Hulu and and whatever. And I feel like HBO is trying to gain these people back, gain these viewers back, and and they've put out some very good shows because there is this show called "I May Destroy You" on HBO that no one seemed to be talking about. And it is, it is an absolutely brilliant, brilliant show. In fact, I propose we watch it and and, and do an episode about it, Jojo. Okay. But have you heard of it? Have you heard anything about this show? I have heard the name, but other than that, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a show that if the country was paying attention right now, you know, and I, I suppose had this show maybe come out two years ago when the Me Too movement was more all up in everybody's consciousness, it would have had a higher impact. But it is a great show nonetheless. And I think it's one of the shows that one of the shows that are kept in context because it's on HBO and it probably wouldn't mm. have done that if it were on one of the streaming platforms. 
So I think I want to take this moment to tell people there's some very important shows on HBO that we all should watch. And Lovecraft Country is one of them. Yeah. Uh, what else, Jojo? Mm, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything either. So, <laughs> so in that respect, we are going to invite folks to follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. We have a Facebook group. It's called, you know, Kicking the Streaming Podcast Group, right? And we, we have some weird discussions there about stuff that we probably never talk about on, on the podcast. But as long as it is about movies, as long as it is about series, and the actors and actresses we follow, we have those discussions. So join us on Facebook, on the Facebook group. It's easy to find. Also, you can find Jocelyn on Instagram as... Jocelyn Podcast. Well, me, you'll find me as Mr. Puzzetta, M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Don't forget to look us up also on the Twitter box, because we're there too, and we'll be doing our thing. Yeah, so, you know, relatively sh uh, short show, because, like I say, we've only seen two episodes of this show. <laughs> yep, that's all there is to watch at the moment, so uh, so there's plenty of time to catch up. There is plenty of time to catch up. That's, that's the most important thing. And uh, so we will see you next week, because, yeah... We're going to be here talking about something else. Right, Josie? Yes. That's right. We will be here. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, for me and for Jojo, this is goodbye. We're calling it a day. Thank you for listening, people. Thanks, everybody. Bye.